motherfucking house back again with the origin story if you bumped the last episode good looks you a real one um that shit was kind of tight talked about the mcu that's gonna be a recurrent topic that i talk about you know every so often uh, i kind of try to like get to talking about things quickly when i uh watch it like if i watch let's say when i saw dr strange as soon as i saw it on opening weekend i want to talk about it I want to like, I want to see about it. I want to see what's good. So I think I might like make shit for those kind of people. That way, uh, if you want something to bump real quick, like I just watched Miss uh, Marvel this morning. That could get interesting. I'll uh, maybe throw some flash shit up. I wanted to get my origin story out though, just for the uh, for the vibes. That way, you know, once I pick up some steam, once we got some fans, I can go back and. See what the fuck is good with me, or if you're a first-time listener, a friend, or somebody that doesn't really know all a lot about me, just an acquaintance, whatever. Hello, I bid you good day. Uh, Chief Sut on all socials. That's C H I E F S U T T. Sometimes that I before E thing be whooping people's asses, so I try to let them know. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to put this on the YouTube, but if you're watching on the YouTube, you can see Big Beauty in the backdrop. Yay yay. Still not decided if I'm going to be doing the video. If I am, I'll probably do it in the other room because it has cooler backdrop and shit like that. But I'm focused more on the audio. So shout outs to all my listener listeners. Thank you for being in the motherfucking house. But yeah. So as I was saying, I'm going to turn this up a little bit too. Hopefully it don't hurt y'all eardrums or nothing like that. But um, I don't know if it's proper podcasting procedure to bump your own theme song like right before you record but <laughs> hey i do it <laughs> either way uh i bumped that shit and right before i did i was like okay we recording like saying we as if somebody else is here <laughs> but uh no nah, this is kind of fun and we'll keep it up i think uh talking about my my past will be weird so, once again, don't know if it's proper protocol. I'll have to check with Yoel and the YouTube people if it's okay to have a blunt on the internet. But uh, I have my blue card. I'm a blue card carrying red-blooded American for any bitch nigga that tries to step. Um, highly medicated. It'll make it a little bit easier to talk about some of this stuff. But uh, if you're just listening, listening, no stress. Strap in. It's going to get funky. Last time to get funky. Uh Side note, if you don't actually know me, I've been DJing for a little bit, a couple, uh, almost a decade now, so I'll randomly interject with song lyrics or song things that pop into my head. Also, movie shit. I've noticed that. I'll just randomly say things from movies, shows, whatever, but don't pay no mind to it. I don't got Tourette's or nothing. You didn't hear things like, yeah, I said that shit. <laughs> just uh, don't stress it. Keep it moving. But uh, 
Sutton says it might be time for the full origin story. And, you know, there's no time, like, right now. So, I mean, early on, nothing really, like, crazy. Port St. Lucie is about as suburban as it gets. It is probably most known for the Mets Spring Training Grounds, which is, you know, like a big deal. And then in more recent memory, uh, Tyler Hadley kind of made us a little bit more popular after he killed his parents with a hammer and threw a party in the house. But uh, we also had Casey Anthony move there for a little bit. I was I was out of PSL by all that happened. I could actually do a, another episode about uh, my boy Scrat when he called me the day after the Tyler Hadley party. That shit, bro, either way. But uh, some of the things I'm going to talk about, they are a little sensitive to my heart. So if I get a little weird, just uh, flash forward through that or like speed up the, if you're playing it, depending on what you're on, you can speed up the speed so it goes faster. Just go faster through that shit or just skip it. But uh, I, uh, up until about 2010, 2011, it was just super basic, everyday, wholesome America. Wasn't growing up too ludicrous and crazy at all. We didn't grow up poor but we definitely didn't have like a million dollars or anything like that in the bank my dad was like in construction when uh i was little he started like digging in holes by the time i went to college he was working his way up and now he's like superintendent big balling and shit he's the man but uh my mom's also the man she was working at the hospital back then and also like finished up her degree uh Early, early on, it was just me and her because my biological dad left when I was little, little. So she kind of thugged it out hard and held it down until I was about five or six. I mean, she always held it down, but that's when uh, my dad came into the uh, the equation and started backing her up. But uh, nothing crazy. Just grew up in PSL, went to some Village Green Elementary. Shout out to VGE if you're listening. I still got homies from VGE, so I know somebody's listening from there, but... Uh, there's St. Louis West Middle, Treasure Coast, graduated in the top 15 in Treasure Coast. Played football for three years there. Uh, I didn't start playing football until eighth grade. I was actually a skinny kid when I was little, and then I had like a little hospital stint, and then I got fat, and then I was fat from elementary school through middle school. Um, we got hit with like four hurricanes, bike to bike to bike to bike. And we were kind of like fucked for a little while there. No power, no nothing to do. A little before that happened, I went on a trip with my family to Biloxi because my grandparents have always been like black card members with the Hard Rock. So on that Biloxi trip, they were all gambling. My little brother's climbing up jungle gyms and shit like that. I, uh, on the other hand, found a little gaming station and was able to just play a little game called Madden 2004 on the dolo and i'm like okay this is fat <laughs> like i'm uh i'm down to run this bitch up for a little bit and i spent basically four days just playing madden and that's when i kind of fell in love with football just running michael vick around on people's heads but uh we could talk vick on a whole nother episode but either way uh came back wanted to play football this is like seventh grade um got in Finally got them to sign me up in eighth grade. Got my ass tore up pretty much every practice. Came back like hella bruised up on like every inch of my body. Like absolutely. Where I was crying in the car, not on the field. I wasn't about to let nobody see me crying outside, but like in the car, bitch. I was, 
<laughs> bruised up my neck hurt they had to put a neck roll on me because i was getting ran over so much shit was, <laughs> shit was bad but uh one thing my dad said he's like hey man you didn't quit and after a while i lost weight i started you know getting my head up and starting to figure that out a little bit um the second year that i played i had the option to play jv at treasure coast but treasure coast when i went i was the first four-year graduating class so like the JV team and the varsity team was like figuring itself out and everything was kind of sloppy. So I wasn't really in a huge rush to like do that. I was like, let me get another year of PSLAA. Hopefully I hit a growth spurt. And then once I hit like 6'1", 6'2", I'll like run through all these niggas. It ain't even gonna matter. But uh, did another year at PSLAA, ran it up with the Falcons. Shout out to Seth Herrick in the motherfucking house. Uh, a bunch of other gangsters on that team. We had a squad. Angelo Camello was on that team. We was raw as fuck. Playing against Derrick Ross, playing against Swanee. Damn, Swanee was nasty on the Steelers with Bradley Jenner and all them. God damn, them boys was nice, good. But uh, and my cousin Brittany played for them. Uh, she was holding it down for female empowerment way for uh, 99.9% of these jits. But either way, played that last year in PSLA, and at that point, I'm like, all right, I can I can play high school. Uh, sophomore year, high school, played JV, whatever. Done crazy. Uh, got on varsity junior year, senior year. Senior year was wild, buck wild. But like, it gets to a point where you realize you're not gonna make it to the NFL being five foot seven. And when the guys on your team are running like four fours, and like they're getting D1 offers, but they're also like six two, six three. We have the number one linebacker in the nation. So like, you know, reality sets in. But it's cool. I had high grades, and like at this point, I'm getting attention from girls. So I'm like. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm going to go to college. But, uh, yeah, didn't get a whole bunch of offers for football, but I had fantastic grades, so I, I got Fulbright Futures, and back then it actually, like, hooked it up pretty fat. Um, I only wanted to go where a whole bunch of other people weren't going, and everyone at the time was, in, like, signing up to go to UCF or FSU. And I was like, you know, I don't want to go to Orlando. That's, like, PSL 2.0. And even though the University of Miami is too expensive, I can't bring myself to go to Tallahassee. Um, so we're going to go to USF. And uh, we're going to go figure it out out there. There wasn't a lot of people from my high school that were already out there. And there wasn't a lot of people from my class that were, like, planning on going out there. My, my dog, DPZ, was my quarterback in high school. Um, and he slid. Uh, Baldy, a couple other people. like, But we kind of went out there, had my bright futures. Got accepted for the fall, but was like, can I come in the summer? Like, I'll come in summer B. I just need to get out the house. And uh, they were like, yeah. So there I was, 17, summer B. My birthday wasn't until August, so, like, I couldn't really go out anywhere unless I, like, figured something out. And I didn't really take that into consideration until I got there because I didn't really think about going out like that. I just thought it was going to be sick to, like, not have to be home hella early because that's how it was or have to explain where I'm at every two seconds like I was looking very forward to that and I wasn't thinking about anything else like that's just all I wanted so like my first night in college the dopest thing ever to me we went to the movies at like 10 30 and like 10 30 is about the time I'm expected to be home through high school uh unless I made up a story <laughs> or was staying at a friend's and we just went full rebel that night like i wasn't doing shit like that 
So that was huge for me. We like used a fake ID to buy some four locos at the gas station before we went. Shout outs to Nebraska. That's when I first found out what Nebraska was back in 2010. I'm like, damn, they bout it out here, boy. She. That was, that was a moment for everybody to she, but uh, the old folks don't get it. It's cool. it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I only had class on Tuesday and Thursday. One of them was Intro to the Black Experience, which to this day, to this day, was the firest class I've ever had. And one one session was just on Bob Marley's life, and that shit was so fucking sick. But uh, I passed all that with A's. Uh, the other class was like this science like general science class and uh that's where i met big c uh shout out to cecil playing his wedding september yeah september 28 something but uh yeah i went out i was able to uh one of my boys i think it was g-bake knew this other dude that just had wristbands and was like hey man he said if we bring like five girls like he'll band us so you don't have to worry about like not having an id because, yeah, if you were 18, you could get X'd. But I couldn't even do that. I'm 17. Like, I can't go anywhere uh, unless we knew somebody. So G-Bake knew this dude, Eddie. And Eddie fucking, yeah, you guys bring girls, whatever. Bro, I pulled up there with, like, 38 girls. G-Bake pulled up with, like, 15. We're like, what do you do? And uh, he not only banded us, but, like, gave us, like, free drinks and shit. And he's like, bro, if you guys are willing to promote for us, like, that would be sick. I'm like, nigga, what is promoting? <laughs> we just, you said you, we needed girls to like get in. Like, I'm getting in. Like, that's it. So he offered me like a promoting job and I just took off with that shit. I was like getting after it. And it was pretty easy to just walk around my dorm and just like tell girls to go places. Because nobody knew what the fuck to do and nobody knew what was going on. They just wanted to like do stuff. So, five stuff to do. That's pretty cool. And... See if people want to go. And like that was pretty much it. <laughs> I only had class six hours. Uh, Well, two. Yeah, 12 hours a week. So not stressing shit. But uh, got back into the fall. I had more classes, regular class load. But uh, I was still going to like do the promo stuff just because like it was cool and free money, even though I was 18. And we had me and like the group that I linked up with. Uh, that summer B, it was like, that's where I first met Valdez, Diz, uh, didn't meet Keezy until the fall, uh, met Bell then, met a bunch of the homies, like, in that summer, and we went to all the fraternity parties, because it was free alcohol and older bitches, but we did not plan on rushing fraternities, because it was like, yeah, this is cool and all, but, like, I'm not trying to, like, do all that. Don't even really know what all that is, but not feeling it. So coming back into the fall, wasn't really trying to do that. I was focused more on like just getting my grades and uh, ripping it with the boys. Because now at this point, me and all the boys are like crushing it. And uh, girls thought we played on like the football team and shit like that. We're all like short, except for Big C and Smitty. Like, hey, shit, Smitty was short too, whatever. But <laughs> either way, uh, fall grades were fine, but... Uh, I did end up rushing. Nick Bennett caught me uh, doing my uh, laundry at JP. I was just like, bruh, it's not just like paying uh, paying dudes to hang out with them, and it ain't it ain't doing no like butt stuff or nothing like that. You think you think a dude is in there like having me do some butt stuff? And he was like this little stocky ass, just jacked ass, eight pack, just like Italian stallion ass dude. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. They ain't make they ain't, they ain't paddling you none of that shit. He's like, bro, who the fuck gonna paddle me? And I'm like. 
respect, respect. Okay, I'm in that. And uh, I'll hear y'all out. I'll, I'll see what's good. So I started going to the Rush events. And what I didn't take into consideration when I was going by in the summer and shit like that was the networking opportunities. And how all these guys were able to get like actual jobs after work. They had ties all over the country to all over the crazy stuff they wanted to do. And when I'm sitting there thinking about promoting, all that's going off in my head is like net networking. Oh, shit. So not only will I be able to pull all the people that I'm partying with at the house, I have the house and everyone's coming to us for shit. Oh, bro. Yeah, this makes total sense, especially from promoting. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll figure out the money shit later. Like, it's cool. So I rushed, made the fraternity, was, was one of the face guys, whatever, all that, all that dumb shit. But while I was doing that, even though I had good grades, uh, we kept getting noise complaints and issues with our RA. For some reason, um, they decided to give me and my uh, band of hooligans the strictest RA on campus that uh, won the most awards for the most write-offs. Uh, uh. And it's like, hey, Maurice, my nigga. And Maurice, if you're listening to this, bro, you were just trying way too hard. It was nothing personal. But, like, we were not those dudes, like, at all, bro. Like, that whole, there's going to be no drinking. There's going to be a, a quiet policy after 9 p.m. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like, bro, you weren't going to tell us nothing. So you writing all them letters and doing all that other shit, like, whatever, man. Uh, this dude quit with two weeks left, and like the, one of the deans and like these other people had to like sit down with us a couple times to be like, "Hey, you drove this man to like quit after he's been our most seasoned and most da 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 da." And it's like, yeah, don't really know what to tell you. Like, sorry, like we'll we'll do better. And they're like, "Yeah, well, you guys are all on probation, so." Don't get in trouble and da, 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 da. and once again, you're not telling me anything. Like then I next thing I know, dude asks me, Hey, have you ever bartended before? And I'm like, No. Like, you want to be a promotional bartender at Bulls Club? It's been like a consistent Friday night for the last two years. And I'm like, duh, how much money will I make? He's like, probably like four hundred a night. I was like, Yeah, like cash? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, we out. Like, duh. So I did two weeks of training. My boy, like, gave me a couple tips, like, hey, make sure you fucking fly. Try to, like, you know, if you can get your hands on some Adderall, like, you know what, I'll give you some Adderall. Like, that'll help. But, like, you know, just stay in the zone and, like, do what you got to do. And I'm just like, all right, fuck. So next thing I know, 18, I'm bartending there. And then I'm bartending at a couple more places. And now I'm, like, making, like, a 1000 a week all cash just, like, in three days. Like. I'm not really hearing y'all and you really couldn't tell me shit like <laughs> me and the boys were just like being the boys I'm like uh at this point now going into this like we're going into the summer um I'm getting ready to live in the house like in the fraternity house and I'm hype because me and my boy McCloskey uh they call him white Mike in fantasy football leagues uh type in McCloskey dunk on YouTube to see him dunk on Fidel, a uh, phenomenal video, phenomenal film, uh, but that's my dude, uh, shout outs to Vicenzo, shout outs to Bell, that was on our, they were our ne like next to us, and then on the other side was Dizzle, Kizzy, Gianmarco, Gianmarco Titi, 
uh, and uh, Bejo. Fucking gang. Bunch of fucking bullies down there. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the hype moving into the house was absolutely absurd in that summer. And like, everyone's just like, yo, house is going to be fucking nutty, nutty, nutty. And yeah, once we all got like moved in, like off rip, like first couple like parties and like vibes were just like <sighs> nutty, nutty, nutty. Then it's like two weeks after my 19th birthday. Um, I was adjusting to the house. I was still going to school and like getting my classes right. And like a couple of guys in the house had the same classes. So like we would walk together and shit. And like I was keeping on all of it. And uh, I was bartending probably three nights, four nights a week. Like at Mangroves. Shout out to Zach Ware and <laughs> Emily in the building. Um, what the fuck else? I don't remember. I'll do guest spots where if anybody paid, I was at LA Hangout. I was I was anywhere. But um Yeah. So I just turned nineteen and somebody threw a party off campus. And one thing about my fraternity, we weren't the guys in the Sperrys and like the the polos. We were the guys in the V necks, the, the, the douche bags. And we had a lot of Italians, so like, you know, Guido rep, but like not really. We also, like, had black dudes and Spanish dudes. Like, we had, we were mixed up. You know what I mean? We had Middle Eastern guys. Like, shit was out here. So, not quite Guidos, but, like, I can see where you guys are coming from. We all do, like, work out really hard. And, like, we do listen to house music. And, uh, maybe we fist bump. So, like, nigga, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we some colored Guidos over here. But, still, wasn't the, uh, the, uh, Lacoste wearing boat shoe homeboys we had a couple of those sprinkled in but they was just playing but uh we get into a brawl at this apartment party and i throw like nine people in my truck i'm like yo niggas are bleeding niggas niggas got knocked out shit was like ugly ugly like ugly ugly yeah but uh had my girl at the time drive us back to the house and I was just like, yo, park in the park in the handicap spot, like I'll get me get these jits out of here. Like we'll clean everybody up and move the car, whatever. And we clean everybody up and I'm like, damn, we like fuck some kids up over there, but like shit got real, but we got out. It's fine. Let me move my car real quick. Swear as I'm moving my car, I get pulled over like in the parking lot of Greek Village, like right there. And uh I kind of thought they were just trying to, like, prove a point and, like, just show, like, their force on a Saturday night. But uh, they're like, have you been drinking? I'm like, yeah, but I just uh, was moving my car from, you know, right there. I, I haven't been, like, driving or around or anything like that. We were just at a party. They're like, okay, and how old are you? Like, oh, I just turned 19. They're like, okay, so you've been drinking. You're behind the wheel of the car right now. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just moving my car from the spot, like, over there so I don't get a ticket. It wasn't a handicap spot. My girl parked it. They're like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to need you to get out of the car. So I'm like, all right, they're doing the sobriety test. They got the lights on me. I'm literally no shirt, <laughs> basketball shorts, and slides. Like, absolutely chilling. Like, no harm, no foul. I cleaned everybody up. Like, we're, we're doing okay in the house. And once again, I thought they were just trying to prove a point, And I just answered every question wrong. Like, as fuck. But I didn't know that at the time. And, uh, yeah, they were training a chick. They got the camera on me. They're doing the whole number. I'm like, 
damn, now I got people watching me out of the fraternity house and sorority houses and like bitches crying out. I'm just like, hey, shut up. It's not that serious. And I'll be goddamn if these niggas didn't take me to jail and charge me with a DUI. And I'm like, bro, I've been in, I've never been in trouble, trouble. Like, I've never been arrested. I've never been like anything. I'm like, damn, I had like good grades in school. I was like involved at the yearbook. <laughs> this is some bullshit. But I was just kind of numb to it. And, uh, it was all because I didn't turn the lights on when I like pulled out of the spot, and then they just were sitting there, just literally waiting to fuck people up. They, uh, USF was notorious for that, but once again, at the time, just wasn't even worried about that. I was just like, damn, let me just move that. But since I had gotten the uh, probation from the big homie Maurice, uh, and this occurred on campus, now I'm suspended from school, <laughs> and. USF was like, uh, hey, so you need to get off campus, like, effective immediately, or you'll be written for trespassing. Um, don't worry about your classes. Like, your professors have been notified, and you'll be able to make, uh, make them up in, like, the following semester or whenever you're allowed back in. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, that's some fuck shit. So I get off campus. <laughs> Didn't actually get off campus. I just hit around the house and other places. But, uh ducked around and slid around for a while and then eventually uh after the semester ends go home have a pretty ugly like falling out with my family it's whatever and uh come to find out the school hits me with like no shows for all those classes and i fail all the finals and tank my grades and uh i contact the school and i'm like yo what the fuck y'all told me like i'd be like those would just be like uh, incompletes or whatever, and I would just make them up. Like, not that I was going to be expected to be in class for these finals when it's, like, demanded that I'm off campus or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, no, that's not what we told you. We told you, like, to contact your professors and da-da-da. And I'm like, y'all just set me up for the goddamn okey-doke. But whatever. So now I'm sitting here, can't go to school, uh, got to figure out this DUI shit and DUI school and probation and all that and community service. Plus getting to and from work without the ability to drive. And I wasn't one of those people that like my license is suspended. I'm going to drive. I was terrified and am terrified of jail. I'm not trying to go back to that shit. Like, fuck that. So I struggled, but I did all the right things. I had to get crafty. Like Bulls Club, I started riding with uh, this other girl that I that was working there. Like... She's the fucking man, like, hooked it up. Shout-outs to Ariel in the building. But uh, I had to just figure it out a lot and, like, throw the... There was no Uber at the time, so, like, I'm throwing the homies, like, bread to, like, take me to my PO and do all my stuff in my community service. <laughs> Luckily, I say that in quotations, one of my boys, uh, Petey, the, the, the most interesting man in the world, I'll dedicate an entire episode to him, um, unfortunately also had a DUI and had to do all the same shit as me, but he was able to get a hardship and still drive. So for the last little bit of it, at least me and him did our community service together and like bumped house. And this dude lived with me for two weeks, like before McCluskey moved into the house, this guy moved in and was like, Hey man, do you mind if I bring some, uh, 
some speakers and some stuff from home that like I kind of want to just get out of the house and bring to a good home. And I'm like, yeah, man, for sure. This man brings an entire like desktop PC setup with like three monitors and a bunch of like fat speakers, like three like highs and a sub. And I'm like, damn, bro. He's like, yeah, I call it the house machine. uh, This man would bump like house music as we went to bed and shit like that. And was just consistently putting me on house and shit like that. Just like, that's when I first got into it. He's like, you've heard of Carl Cox. Like, no, sir. He's like, oh man, you got to hear it. You got to hear. I'm going to show you a couple things. I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on game. All right. (laughs) Like Petey bro, put me on whatever you want, dude. Like you're the fucking man. Like, and he did. So had him backing me up for the last little part of the DUI shit. We were backing each other up, getting it done. And it sucked ass, but I grinded through it. My 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 family wasn't, like, throwing me a bunch of money to, like, get shit done. If I was ever, like, 50 short or whatever short, they backed me up. But, like, nobody's at, nobody can afford to, like, pay for all my shit. Like, they got their own shit. And, like, <laughs> this is, like, coming off the recession a couple years. But, like, people are just now getting it back right and everything like that. So... Next thing I know, it's been like two, three years. I, I was refusing to move home. I was like, I'm going to figure it out in Tampa, and I'm just going to stay here promoting it. It. I got through the first year of that probation, uh, 11 months. And then I like missed a court date. I think it was early in the morning, and I, I was like, oh, shit. I slept in and got there after they called my name. So they told me to like stay there and wait until the end of the day. So I waited until the end of the day and they never called my name again, like the second time that they were supposed to. So I went to the front desk and was like, yo, I'm, I missed my name at first. They told me to wait all day. I did. Um, what's up? Like, is there going to be like a warrant for like a, uh, everyone was scaring me in the courthouse the whole day. Like, oh man, you better make sure they call you. Cause if you don't. You're going to get a uh, failure to appear, and uh, they're going to put a warrant out for you. And I'm like, I'm here. I'm here. They don't need to put a warrant out for me. I'm here. And uh, after waiting all day and just stewing in my own fear, I eventually uh, get the front desk people to tell me, oh, nah, it's cool. Like, we'll fill out this form, whatever, and, like, we'll set you a new date. They sent me a new date for the November 17th, and I'm like, okay, cool. Or 17th or 18th, something like that. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's all I can do. Do I, like, come back tomorrow for another court date? And they're like, nope, like, the 17th, and that's when you have your appearance. Just, like, if you have any other issues, just, like, uh, email the clerk of court or, like, you can come back in. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I got to hit this one hard for this shit. Because, like, <laughs> the DUI sucked, but, like, the next morning it was I want to say like 7.15, maybe 7.30. Um, not with the same girl I was with before, but now I'm with the girl that I had like the longest relationship I was ever with. And uh, this is probably, if it's November, we got together in like the summer. So a few months into it, like not mega serious, but she's staying over a lot and she's staying over and we get this heavy ass knock on the door and I'm like, oh fuck, like, let me go see what's up with that. It is two cops, flashlight throwing right on me and I'm like, boxers, no shirt. And they're like, yeah, uh, Brandon Sutton. I'm like, yes. They're like, yeah, can you put some clothes on? We have some questions for you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no worries. 
And uh, I go in, throw some quills on, I tell her, I'm like, yeah, they just said they have some questions for me. Uh, I walk out, and they just, what at? <laughs> Cuff my puss ass. And I'm like, damn, bro. They're like, yeah, there's a warrant out for you. Sorry. And I was like, fuck do you mean there's a warrant out for me? I just dealt with this yesterday. They just, I waited there all day, and they told me I was fine. And, like, I have a date on the 17th. And they're like, uh, well, get fucked. And I'm like, bro, what? Like, couldn't out-scheme that. Like, there's no, what was I going to dodge the cops for a little while? Like, that was fucked up. So, like, before they took me away, I, like, asked them, like, yo, can you at least, like, go get her so I can, like, send a message to my people? Like, you guys are just dragging me out on the, <laughs> before the fucking chickens call. Like, the fuck is this? So I tell her, like, hey, call my mom, call, like, them, and, like, let the boys know there's some bullshit, like, but I'm fine, like, I'll be good, um, but yeah, long story short, I did fucking 17 days in that bitch, <laughs> uh, I was at Falkenberg, it's in Tampa, um, Orient Road was under construction, so they were, like, housing everybody over there, but, uh, yeah, they uh, hit me with the warrant, hit me with the failure to appear. That's a violation of my probation. So they held me until my next court date, which was that date that I scheduled for myself the day before, the 17th. And, like, the judge hits me with that, like, in the little video court, and I'm just like, bruh. <laughs> so I'm just here. Like, I get out, call my mom, tell them that, and they're like, yeah, we heard, da 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 you're going to be okay. We're putting money in your commissary. Like, this is not right. But, uh, I'm like, is what it is. Like, there is, like, a dude in the red jumpsuit, like, violent, like, that's also just, like, staring in around me. So I'm like, damn, this could be, like, kind of ass. But they're telling me I'm not going to be, like, around too many of those people. And, you know, I'll be around other people that are going to be in and out. I'm not going to be there with, like, hardcore people unless, like, I act a fool. Then I get thrown in with them. And I'm like, I'm I'm smart and I'm smart with people. So I can figure this out. So first thing I do is mind my fucking business. I don't mind reading. I used to read a lot as a kid. So I'm like, I'm gonna read and like pass the time doing that. So I, I grab a bunch of books. I read the John Calipari book, like about his like early coaching and shit like that. That was pretty cool. Read a couple other things. And I'm like, hmm. I mean, I guess I could do this. Like, there's people playing chess. I'll eventually get on the chess board. There's a TV, so, like, I could watch stuff. Like, I'll mind my own business for a while and just, like, let whatever, like, comes to me come to me. So, first day, just stuck to the books. I had my little area, and I'm in, like, a four-piece section, and it's just a big-ass open room. And, like, everyone's in, like, a little four-piece section with just their cot. And it's, like, dude, dude, space, dude, dude, wall, and then, like, on the other side of the divider is like another set of four all the way across this big ass room. Probably like 100 people, I would guess. I don't know. It was hard to tell, but it got so full that they started having to throw cots on the floor and like off to the side because like it was it was full. But like people were kind of in and out and like some people were only there for a couple of days. Some people were there a day and like out. Some people were there for months and they had already been there for months. <laughs> and like some people just kept fucking up, but... Also, I started to realize some people just, like, they, they ended up in there once, maybe twice, and then whatever they got going on at home just isn't awesome. 
So they almost feel more comfortable there. So that was a wild experience. But either way, I just want to say it was my second or my third day. Um, I'm pretty cool with the people in my little like sweet area. One of them's like a chef at James Joyce. He's he minds his business. He's kind of weird, but he minds his business. And like a couple other street dudes that like they're straight. They're not involved in like any gang shit like some of these other guys. But like they know what's going on. <coughs> they <laughs> they go to jail a lot. <laughs> so they just let me know like hey. Just keep doing you, man. You a college boy? Oh, yeah. Ain't nobody going to fuck with you, man. You a college. You going to be in and out of here, man, man. For real, man. They shouldn't even be holding you like that, man. You a college boy, man. Like, you good, man. So, as I just kept playing it and, like, I got my commissary and, like, if I ever had anything extra or any food I didn't like, I'm willing to trade it up or, like, switch it up or whatever. I'm cool with trades. I'm good at I'm good at trades. Um, So, one day I'm playing spades uh, with them and this big-ass dude named Zeus and when I say big ass dude, this dude is solid six five with like he's full six five. And both of these big ass these last arms are just yatted up with every sports logo from every Florida sports team. Like, no rivalry. He's got Florida Marlins, fucking uh Rays, but like the Devil Rays, the fucking Lightning with the Bucks, with the Dolphins, with everything. This nigga's name is Zeus. And like I've noticed the last couple days, he's like Everyone fucks with Zeus, and, like, Zeus kind of just, like, is the big, loud voice in the room. So, like, leave Zeus alone, because, I don't know, I heard, I heard a lot of stuff on TV about about people raping in here, and I don't want to be raped by Zeus. Um, but he's like, hey, hey, I know you. And I was like, nah, bro. <laughs> he's like, nah, man, I know you. Where you be at? And I'm like, nah, bro, I don't, I don't really be at anywhere. He's like, nah, I seen you. And at this point, I've been DJing a little bit, like, not seriously. I DJed at, like, Asia a couple times, like, a few places a couple times. But, like, I was almost fully out of bartending, uh, but DJing a little bit. And, like, I played a club Asia a couple times and a couple other places, like, a little bit, but none serious. So, like, I wasn't sure what he was talking about, if he had seen me here or there. But the most recent place I had played at was Asia. And uh, I was like, I don't know, bro. I'd, I'd be at Asia. Like, he's like, you be on that techno shit? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, I seen you at Asia, man. You on that techno shit. The white bitches be getting off to that techno shit. You doing your thing. And like, just fucking with me. And he starts telling everybody, hey, hey, this little nigga nice with it. This little nigga, hey, hey, he be doing his thing. Them white bitches, hey, man, they be going off to that techno shit. And like... I'm just like, whoof, <laughs> straight, like, that's exactly what I needed to hear, that's cool as fuck, like, whoof, thank God, like, relieved, he's like, hey, bro, you hoop, I'm like, a little bit, like, I'm all right, he's like, hey, bro, what they call you, bro, I'm like, I mean, my DJ name's B-Rabbit, he's like, oh, hi, Rabbit, let's go, let's go hoop. And uh, people are playing. He's like, hey, me and Rabbit got next. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I'm Rabbit. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, whatever, whatever this nigga says, to an extent, is cool. Because, like, even though, like, he's big and all that shit, if he tries to, like, grab me any kind of weird way or, like, do something like that, I'm going to fuck his ass up. Like, try my very hardest. I'm going to stab, bite, scratch, pinch, poke. Whatever the fuck I gotta do, I'm I'm slippery, dog. I'm getting out of that shit. But um, yeah, I spent 17 days in there. The first few, like like once me and Zeus got cool and like I just had my mid range jumper going, he would just dunk on people. Shit was hella easy. 
um, after he left, like I was kind of just an autopilot, like under a little ro- routine with uh, the head guy that like handled all the laundry and shit like that. He would make sure I got like good socks and like good underwear and good clothes as long as I just threw him an extra bag of chips, which was like 75 cents. And my mom used to put like $35 every like chance they would let her add more. So like <clears throat> I was big chilling and I was more than willing to like throw shit out and like throw a little extra just cause like it's cool. I'm cool. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, leave me alone. So, did the 17 days there. Uh, <laughs> came home for Thanksgiving. I was like, whew, cool. I moved back home. I lived with my grandparents for a little bit. Um, me and my mom were cool at this point, but we are still way just too similar. And we always would just fight whenever we were in the same room for more than 25 to 30 minutes. But I got a job serving at the Turtle. Uh, it was just like a local restaurant with uh, some like high school kids and old people. That shit was humbling, coming back from promoting and, and like balling in the fraternity house and like doing all this other shit to like that. It was like ah, but still doing the long distance thing with with her and that whole shit. So I was like, all right, I can get through this. Like I'm gonna get back to Tampa and whatever. So for like seven, eight months, I was like doing that, and I would randomly like try to get whatever DJ gigs I could in Tampa and like make it a thing up there but occasionally riding up there for those events or whatever tried events or whatever events were like popping up I would do them or just promo things that were like cool maybe like a gas relish like that uh I decided to just like move back up like one of my boys was like bro you can just like crash on my couch until like you figure shit out and I was like all right so I was like, let me just pick up two jobs so I'm always busy. I can't, like, get in trouble if I'm busy. Like, I started working at Bulls Outfitter, which was, like, a local Bull USF, like, clothing apparel store, like, off campus right next to a Chipotle. And uh, I was delivering for Jimmy John's in my fucking old-ass fucking Stratus. But uh, (laughs) those were... uh, those were struggle days. That that era from when I got out of jail through here was just like I was making so many poor decisions and just like putting my attention in the wrong areas. Just a lot. But after a while, I was getting tired of the two-job thing pretty much because of the l- delivery aspect of Jimmy John's and how my car was kind of old and beat. I was driving like a 98 Stratus with like some sus air so it wasn't fun and uh my car broke down twice while i was delivering and i was like you know what i'm done with this shit i'll bring y'all y'all signs back later like i'm finishing this delivery and i'm going home and uh i hit up my boy thebes and was like hey dog let me come like work for y'all because him and kinkler and a bunch of my other boys were working for this company called vivant and they all went from broke to balling. And I was like, I don't know if I need to like ball like y'all, but I at least need to like make a fucking life change and get some fucking discipline. Cause it's, uh, man, I'm tired of this stuff. And uh, he always looked out for me when I was really at my lowest. And he was one of the few people that never really gave up on me. So I, it was pretty cool to watch him turn his life around in a year, like just carrying out a door to door alarm sales job. And I'm like, all right. If thieves can do it, like, I can do it. Kinkler did it. Diz did it. A bunch of dudes did it. Like, 
Yeah. So I, I I dove really into that shit heavy. I just I got in all the training heavy. I did whatever any of them told me, like heavy, heavy, like to the heaviest extent. And uh Okay, cool. I'm getting a couple of texts right now. Um But either way, I think uh shit. See, that's why you can't, that's why your phone's a distraction. I just had all these text messages. They weren't anything. My mom's sending me dog TikToks. Uh, some of the homies are like giving feedback on the Dolphins podcast, but they're talking shit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send this to Alvy right now because he's the fucking man. Um, but yeah, I'll uh, probably chop a little bit of this out. Maybe not, but we'll see. Um, either way, with Vivint, uh, everybody, like, started balling out, and I was like, all right, cool. Well, the company itself, like, they leave for four to five months at a time, and they house you where you go. Like, you live in an apartment with other guys that are working there, but they, like, sign for the apartment and front the rent. You just have to, like, work and sell. And I'm like, deal. Like, I'll fucking sell my ass off. And once you hit 60 sales, you get, like the money that they take from you weekly for rent back. And I'm like, okay. It was commission only in door-to-door sales, but I'm like, fuck it. It's better than working at fucking Jimmy John's and Bull's Outfitter. Plus, since it's door-to-door and somebody else drives, I get dropped off. So <laughs> I'm just along for the damn ride. So uh, I didn't sell my first day, but I sold on my second day, which didn't really happen usually takes people a couple weeks to like get over the learning curve and stuff like that but like it was just one of those things where i just like picked up on it really quick and i'd also spent so many hours just in the office with kinkler and deebs just like going over different things and like practice scenarios and writing shit down and getting product knowledge down so like i was prepped for it like hard so it wasn't all just like oh i just really wanted it like i did but I also was very prepared. But uh, I quit both those other jobs like on the spot. Like as soon as I sold that second day, it was about three weeks that I was like training and shit like that and doing all of all three. But uh, yeah, I said fuck y'all. Having to work at a high paced level outdoors, I was meeting new people. I was getting to play with puppies. Uh, whenever there was nice people, they fed me and shit. Uh, it was just staying positive and smiling and making money and shit. I was like, bro, this is this is great. I can just do this. I was sold as fuck, especially being, what, 20? I'm like, yeah, uh, this is way better. Like, well, how old was I? This is like 2013. So, uh, shit, how old was I? I don't feel like doing it in my head. That last, uh, that last... Bob just fucked me up. Yeah, I was 21. So, yeah. Why not just add one to it? I'm fucking stupid, dude. I need to drink some booch. Publix, if you're watching this or listening to this or anybody from Publix, shout out to Greenwise Booch. That This pineapple spirulina is so fire, dude. But yeah. So it was from end of April till August. It was knocking door to door Monday through Saturday. It was a meeting every day at 12 that we got on the doors till after dark. Excuse me. And then on Saturdays, the meeting was at 9 because, you know, everyone's home on Saturdays and major holidays. So we were we would meet at 9 and get on the doors pretty early. 
and uh, still be out there till dark because after dark, you know, you start to look weird, like knocking on people's doors and shit like that. Um, including the people I recorded, I generated Vivian an estimated 514,000. I finished the year with a 90.4 satisfaction rating. Uh, I don't know where I got that number from. 95% of my sales, including additional service, which at the time was like a rare thing. Most people were just selling like straight up alarms just because uh, old traditional alarm systems used a phone line and they could be cut and the Vivint ones were like cellular based so they couldn't be cut, whatever. People at that time were just selling on that. I was selling on the automation, the cool shit. And oh, 90.4 satisfaction rating was the percentage of the people that kept it. I only had uh, 10% cancellations, which was like awesome for me. And I'm like, damn. Um, but yeah, I was trying to keep 100% full home and all these other crazy stats. Like, shit was crazy, but I pushed through it really hard. And it was fun. I was in Connecticut. Uh, we lived in Hamden, Connecticut, for anybody that knows the area. Uh, we worked all over the place. I wasn't the biggest fan of Connecticut. I had like old ladies calling the cops on me randomly and shit, but it was whatever. Um, I thugged it out. It was fun working for Vivint. They did help me get some discipline and like get leveled out. And I was back reading. I was back exercising and like living on a routine again. So I'm thankful for the experience off for it. But I also wanted to get back into like DJing and other stuff like that. But then I lost my grandfather in December of 2014 pops for anybody that knows uh, or have ever heard me talk about pops or say pops he was the og he was the man that taught me about jimmy buffett and so many more of uh life's gifts i guess <laughs> but uh he helped to raise me for the first few years of my life and then he always backed me up forever but the first few years he was literally driving me to like preschool and shit and like picking me up and driving me to elementary school backing me up like before my brother was born for my mom and my dad and shit like that but even when I was getting like stupid and fucking up he never really gave up on me either and is hands down the most unorthodox and most versatile person that's ever lived I can do 10 episodes on pops and like him running the flea market and his yeah he's a fucking man but he showed me the value of always looking out for people and trying your hardest to help them if you can do that you can kind of do anything just help even if you don't really get anything out of it it's whatever just like do what you got to do i'm pit standing hard what damn i had to turn the fan off because of the background noise but <laughs> whatever uh but yeah he was the fucking man he never really understood what my mixes were especially the uh back then i was making a lot of like dirty dutch mixes and electro and progressive house but he always be like yeah these are dope but uh he loved them he wanted me to just stick with that he wanted me to start a band or a dj band called the condoms and uh just advertise to the condom companies for sponsorships and just go on tour to colleges like telling people to like have safe sex that was that was the the big scheme either that or have me hutch the boys throw on suits go down to the hard rock and pick up cougars because older ladies will put you in nice cars and feed you good food and put you in good clothes <laughs> um just because they can. That's that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> but uh, I'd completely dropped DJing for Vivint and just went all the way in on that. But when he passed, I was pretty messed up. And uh, I was sitting by, it was like what, Big Lots on a Blitz trip. Blitz trip was like a one-week simulated version of the summer. We did it in Orlando. And we were in the hood of Orlando. Terrible fucking neighborhood. And I was sitting behind a big lots out there and I was like, bro, 
if Pops was here, he would not want me to be. I would call him right now, like going through the bullshit I'm going through, and he would be like, "Man, you could hang it up." And uh, I just kind of started scrolling through my phone, and one of my boys posted a job opening at Anytime Fitness, and I'm like, "I could do that." I live in Tampa again. I have a house. I pay rent with the, uh, a couple of the other homies. Like, I can pick up a job in Tampa and figure it out. And uh, I hit up Thebes. I wrote this long-ass letter, which actually this kind of stemmed from. Um, he read it and was like, all right, cool. Like, you can do the anytime finish thing and pick up the DJ and stuff. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to pick up and leave again. Like if I can help it, I'd rather be like closer to memes, like my grandma and like the rest of everybody else for like a little bit. So I got the job at any time, like a week after I left Vivint, and uh, I fell in love with that one too. I could still do sales and like be positive and smile and all that other stuff, but I'm also being social, and it was kind of like promoting. Uh, they wanted me to make the flyers and like the front desk stuff and try to be creative with the parties. They let me DJ any of the events and stuff. Let me DJ. Uh, any of the events and stuff like that that they had. Um, when I started, I was told I was making nine bucks an hour, which back in those days, I was only paying uh, four twenty five for rent. So I wasn't that serious. I had that. Uh, I was promoting a little bit and shit. So I was cool. Uh, I got commissions on every membership sold, and I was selling a lot of memberships, but I was working at that one, and then I started working at uh, the Dale Mabry location because it was close to my house, but now I'm doing, like, just under 40 hours, so they can't, they, well, they wouldn't pay me full-time, and I'm covering data and front desk stuff at two different facilities. Uh, I finally look at my paycheck, and I noticed I'm not making $9 an hour, <laughs> I'm only uh, making eight, and I was like, yo, what the fuck, and I bring it up to the owner and everybody else, and they're kind of like, well, excuse me, uh, what's up with this, and they're like, well, after your 90-day review, we'll, we'll review it and talk about it, and uh, we'll see what we can do, and I'm like, Okay, well, I feel like when that happens, you should at least bring it to what it should be, if not an extra dollar or two more. I'm cleaning up shit at two different gyms, bro, and I'm working front desk, all the complaints, and chasing people down that are late on their stuff, so, like, and inputting information and logging old information that the other people just didn't want to do that's just been sitting here piling up, like, come on. So my 90-day evaluation went very well. My manager recognized me for all the hard work and effort I put in and how patient I was, and she was like, all right, I'm gonna hook you up. And she, I guess, tried to check it off with the owner. Uh, the owner rebuttaled with a different number, and then I checked my paycheck, and they gave me a 50 cent raise. So now I'm making $8.50. And uh, I was like, <sighs> hmm. At that point, for maybe four weeks, I was playing at the drink. It, it's now called Bar Howard. It's on the corner of Howard and uh, Soho in Tampa. It's like the only club in the area. I was playing every Friday, and I'm like, you know, 
I'm making decent money there. I get a flat rate, plus I get paid to, like, promote. So every time I promote, I bring a good amount of people. Maybe I can, like, figure something out. I kept playing there, and the next thing I know, uh, I'm getting scouted to play other places. I'm not just playing EDM and shit. I'm playing more club-friendly music. So... Gave it a couple more weeks and then told any time to go fuck themselves, uh, I'm going to go DJ full time <laughs> and started DJing full time. And next thing I know, I'm playing three, four nights a week. I'm playing at Jackson's. I'm playing pool parties. I'm playing nonstop. I'm playing college parties. I'm playing house. I'm playing whatever is clever, baby. And I'm hanging out with a lot of other DJs and just other people that are like getting after it. A um, little bit more controlled than my early promotion days, but still buck wild. <laughs> um, still ready to get after it. So this is at this point in time, this is when I meet like uh, young blunts. I met Quinn at Vivint, but I started like DJing parties with him and like hanging out with him a lot more now. Uh, and Kyle, big kinchman. Uh, that's when I started just meeting pretty much everyone. Pedro, all the DJs that like I know in Tampa from back in the day and like now um so pedro had like a long talk with me one night and this is going to be an episode for another day but he was like yo you need to get a team and you need to like figure it out um i put together young blunts kyle quinn and i sorry quinn blunts and me we grouped up and said we're gonna grab kyle we grabbed Grant Lee, Big Feta, Lucas, Dr. Booms, Ronnie Lopez. Uh, eventually added Casey Gilmore. We started with Carpy, but he had some other stuff going on, so he slid. But shout out to young Carpy. Um, I think that was it. If I'm forgetting anyone, they're going to fight me. Oh, Jared, too kind. If he fought me, he would lose. So go ahead, dude. Hit me up. Um, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> um, but either way, it formed this the the super boy band group uh, called Smokehouse. Within a few months, we owned residencies in every major club in Tampa, Fort Myers. We had some in Orlando. We started throwing an annual puppy picnic, which was literally a fundraiser for uh, like foster dogs and shit like that. I rescued the bonehead snoring in the background right now, and like became a big time like advocate for rescuing dogs he was like a couple minutes away from euthanization before my friend saved him but another episode of the pod uh after a while with smokehouse uh i had way too many gigs to handle so i was like dishing them out to all the homies and everybody was eating it was chilling from an outsider's point of view like we were an absolute powerhouse that was just playing everywhere and crushing it but uh we weren't doing anything right besides that like there was no like financial plan yeah i had like a bank account and an llc but that wasn't that hard like we weren't doing actually i'll say like this i wasn't doing accounting or any of that other shit i was just like trying to make sure everybody was at gigs and stuff like that then i started slacking on getting guys at the proper gigs and i was placing people at things that i thought that they could do and then they couldn't do them uh, I was trying to book shows that, like, I thought we could pull off and we couldn't pull them off. Like, so, sometimes I had to cancel out of shit. So it started getting ugly. After a while, I was like, you know what? I'm going to 
put this down and let everybody else like try to figure this out. So uh, yeah, I went back to Vivint that year. I went to Houston. We lived in like kind of like the Galleria area. Shout out to Houston summer twenty seven. Was it twenty seventeen? Uh, gang gang, that shit was fucking hot. Uh, I'll go over all the the different summers and like heavy ass shit, but. Did another summer there, did pretty well. Went to Baltimore after that, had my best summer, qualified for assistant manager. Uh, was really excited to like level up and hit management. Was like still DJing on the side and like taking gigs when I could. Um, but Vivint was the main focus. Uh, then I went to North Carolina, which was mad racist and tore my ass up. And uh, a lot of it was in my head, but a lot of it wasn't either. And I, this wasn't handled properly. I was also done with that. And my head was just in a different place. So I was ready to get out of that and uh, left Vivint after that. Um, that's like 2019. So I was like, okay, I'm in a good place. Um, I can, I got 10 years of DJing experience. So again, DJ work's not hard. I got like a few years of sales experience now. So getting a job's not hard. Let me just chill back in PSL for a little bit so I chilled uh with memes and at Mimi's house she has her actual house and then there's like a back <laughs> this man's just laying on his back uh there's like a back uh grandmother or was it a stepmother's suite or something like that it's like a little one bedroom efficiency thing that uh, I would stay in with the big beauty booty over there and uh stayed there f- 2019 August, up until about January 2020, I got a job uh, setting appointments with SunPro. It's like a solar company. And was like, fuck it, I'll do that during the day. Pick up DJ work on the weekends, like easy work. Uh, I was there two weeks before my boy Italo hits me up saying, hey, I'm opening a club called Tangra. Uh, you can help me uh, DJ it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, nigga, I'm in that bitch. Like, it had been open a few weeks and like I'd seen a little bit of it. They had a fat rooftop, so. Now I'm a resident there. It starts popping off hard and uh, like hard, hard, like slammed every night. Sometimes I was playing two floors. Sometimes I had to cover for other DJs because the owner uh, like just didn't like them or like they would like tank the crowd. And sometimes like they would book random people that would tank the crowd. But that's another episode. Either way, I was playing a lot and getting paid. Um, I'm picking up residencies at other places and like playing other parties as well. So I leave SunPro, I'm back to full-time DJing. Uh, I meet this dude named Paul Gigante, who uh, was getting ready to put me on schools. He ran a lot of the photography for a lot of the schools, like how you get your yearbook photos and what have you, and they, you go to the place and then you do your senior photos, all that. He has contracts with all the schools to not only do all that stuff, but to do all the senior proms mother-son dances for the middle schools high, uh, elementary schools all the send-offs all the different uh, any time that any of these schools want to have a celebration with music like he's contracted to do it so sometimes he needed extra hands so for the first few months i was like just calling the schools to see what dates they had set and like doing all that stuff like that this is february going into march 2020 uh the rona hits <laughs> so no skis no dances dj shit completely shuts down like i tried to like hold strong for a few months uh 
wasn't working. <laughs> I was I started trying to Twitch stream. I'm like, yeah, let me get this going. Got it going. Got it figured out, but like not profitable or like can do it as a day job or as a living. Like didn't have the equipment, didn't have the setup, just didn't didn't have anything. It was trying, but like just didn't have anything going for me. For the last couple of years, like I was running Smokehouse off of Jared's desktop computer and I didn't have any computer of my own. Most of the gigs that I was playing required me to play on uh, CDJs, so I just kept everything on Rekordbox on flash drives, which I would just do on Jared's computer, and he got to have my music, which was all gas. Or if it was like a gig with a controller, uh, most of them I either played with the homie or Quinn would let me use his laptop. Or uh, for a while I had like this older laptop, but it started like giving out, and once it gave out, like... I don't know why I just didn't get another one. I had terrible credit, so I couldn't finance one. So, like, to get the one I wanted was going to be hella expensive, and I was just terrible with money, so it wasn't happening. <laughs> but either way, um, so I was still, at this point, during the COVID stuff, didn't really have a lot of my own equipment. I had a little bit. I have a computer, at least, but it's not very good, but it's better than nothing. And uh, I'm getting by... But a few months into it, like, I'm trying to Instacart and all this other stuff. Uh, once again, car issues, older car just starts going on me. And uh, it got dark. Had to move back home again and eventually get a work-from-home job with this Medicare company. After I got my insurance license and was working at this insurance place that was commission-only. And it was fun, but I basically just learned that insurance was tough uh walk myself into quote wizard which is medicare insurance sales um not commission only it was work from home but they had an office in tampa and eventually would want me to move up and i'm like bet i can do that shit like i'm all the way in there um so yeah i got uh pretty good at that pretty quick i'm doing it from home started that in like april of 2021 so that time period from I moved back to PSL probably summer of 2020, end of summer, like right before fall, um, was working at this place called I-9. It's like uh, youth flag football. I was like the site manager, so I would set up the field and do that whole number, uh, monitor the parents, all the Karens and shit like that. I would keep scores and send them back out to the, the boss man so he could fucking set, submit them for the website and shit. Like, kind of an odd job, but it was only 7.30 to 2, maybe 3 on Saturday mornings. So, for the time being, it was whatever. So, I was doing that. I was DJing at a couple of places in Boca Raton. I'm out in Boca Raton, and I bumped that shit every time I pulled up because I'm about it. Um, and then I started serving at Mulligan's in Jensen Beach for my nigga Swanee. Shout out to the Teflon Swan. Shout out to Cheyenne in the building. So doing that, doing that, doing that. Getting to quote Wizard saying, fuck this. I'm tired of the drive after the football, after the Mulligan's, after all this other stuff. I finally found a remote job. They don't need me to have like this crazy ass computer and all this crazy other stuff. And like, they'll provide it. Cool. Like, I'm in there. So they provide the equipment. They get me started. And I was fucking out. Comfy as a pig and shit. Just fucking doing everything under the sun. I'm always on time. I ain't late. I come from vivid discipline where if you aren't on time and early, like, you don't get paid, nigga. You lose money. 
So you better get it right. Um, yeah, so I bring that same energy to like jobs now, and it's awesome because I excel. But uh, I was doing that at Quilt Wizard. Eventually, it gets up to about my birthday. Finally, found a spot, save up enough money, like got myself right. Mike got me a little one bedroom. I'm moving in right during my birthday. That's sick. Like, let's get after it. Um, had a whole bunch of issues with this apartment, but I've, I've, I've appreciated it the whole time. A little one bedroom for just me and the big homie. Sometimes we're laying on the couch, like watching movies with the fucking surround sound. We got all this space after coming from like the efficiency and all these small places. And it's like, damn, bro, like we made it, dog. Like he just gives me that look just like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, moved up and I was kind of like flirting around with this little little thang thang at work. But I couldn't tell what it was or if she was just hella friendly or what was going on or if she had a man's or like whatever so i was like whatever bro focus on you dog like we got to get this cheddar bay you already know um but yeah next thing i know uh right now is what june i've left quote wizard that sweet little thing that was flirting with me on uh microsoft teams ended up moving to tampa one week before me she lives eight minutes away with traffic and if i catch all the lights and like we could not be happier together and it's fucking awesome uh we both work for like tech jobs that are on the west coast so they're like super friendly we both like get salary and like have flexible hours and like healthiest relationship i've ever been in. it's just awesome um so quote wizard gave me that i appreciate y'all every job like serves a purpose and that's been theirs but uh yeah that pretty much brings us to now I'm running these other podcasts. I do Day One Dolphins with my boy, uh, Ouch. I'm still going to keep him anonymous, I guess. If you know who Zach Tron Power is, like, shout out to 772 in the building. Uh, me and him do that. It's available wherever you get podcasts. And then the Smokehouse podcast is on the way. Uh, we're going to film the first group one. I'm done beta testing them. That one's going to be a little bit more fun. It's probably going to be YouTube only to start. It's not going to be on these because it's going to be us, like, chilling, talking DJ shit gaming like all at the same time so to try to put it on video only on all these podcasting networks is uh it like doubles triples the cost to like get shit out and i don't know how the production quality is on it yet so i'm gonna start with just youtube to see if people even like it before i start doing all that and if people like it i'll obviously like put it on like spotify or wherever else will let me put video podcasts but yeah those two are on the way i'm heavily enjoying this whole podcast thing this time I flew through quite a long time. This one, shit. This is at uh, an hour and 10 minutes. That's wild. The last one was 18 minutes. Um, I feel like I summed you guys up pretty well on 29 years of this nigga pulled up during Hurricane Andrew. Ask about that if you ain't know. I showed up with Hurricane Andrew right when he made landfall. I made landfall. Been a problem ever since. Ask about me. No. <laughs> Uh, but this was fun. Uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure you like, subscribe, put a little five-star rating or some little comments. Uh, the Apple people and the Spotify people and all of them like that stuff. It's how you chart and it's how other people can like find out what's going on. I think the next episode I'm going to do is going to be more tailored to DJ stuff. Maybe some nightclub experiences. I might do some door actual door-to-door -door stories. Um, I've been vegan for eight months or so now. 
almost. Um, could talk about that. Well, could talk about that. Friends in random places, UD story, pop stories. Um, we could talk music. I could talk more MCU. I could talk DC. But we're going to talk all that shit. I'm going to talk all my shit because it's pretty light for me to set this up. I'm going to try setting it up with the other backdrop and doing more video. But once again, thank you for pulling up. It's Chief Sut. You can catch me on all your Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, Amazon. Uh, Pandora said it'll take a couple weeks and Google said it'll take a couple weeks. So if you listen on those, I'm sorry. But I might throw this one up on the YouTube if I don't. Uh, should I do YouTube? Let me know. And if I am on YouTube right now, uh, let me know in the comments if you fuck with this uh, or if I should just take my ugly ass off camera and save uh, my CPU the headache and just stick to the audio only. But once again, uh, Sutton says, have a good ass day and thank you for listening.